0: Lovely to have you with us tonight we're going to be looking at a couple of really interesting different perspectives we're looking at grassroots work and the, the type of influence and change that can have um i really want to get to our guests but before i do that let me come to vanessa who will tell you how you can join in tonight vanessa
1: hi everyone and welcome to tonight's chat and looking forward to um tonight's conversation as nikki says and um, we hope you'll join in um for those of you new to us You can either join in through Twitter or NowX, as it's called, although I still call it Twitter. (laughs) You can join in there just by following the MHTV hashtag and you should see um, some tweets there. Please add your comments and we'll feed them into the conversation. Alternatively, you can go over to Facebook and find the Unite MHNA page. If you like the page there, it should um, it should put the live chat up and you can just add your comments there and I'll be monitoring both throughout the chat and feeding into the conversation. I'll hand you back over to Nikki. Fantastic. So let's greet our guests. Who'd like to go first?
2: Ladies first.
0: Nice. I'm going to be unconventional. I think it should be men. May- May. <laughs> <laughs> Nafisa, come on. Introduce yourself and say hello. Tell us a little
3: bit about Okay.
4: Hello, uh, good afternoon, uh, Nikki and team, and thank you so much for giving the, me the opportunity and Assam the opportunity to be on on your uh, show. So my name is Mufisa Anwar, and I'm director and co-founder of the Association of South Asian Midwives, which is a platform that was established following conversations between three South Asian midwives, and it's a platform that is for um, the South Asian community, marginalised midwives and student midwives. And basically, it's about creating awareness uh, and an understanding about the South Asian cultural behaviours and taboos that are in existence within the maternity and birthing setting. That's
0: fantastic. Um, yeah. Thank you. I'm really pleased to have you with us. Raheem, thank you, you very much. Can you introduce yourself, please?
2: Yeah, of course. My name is Roy Hitsugu. I'm founder and director of British Sikh Nurses. I'm a children's nurse by background um and also a child nurse lecturer but i'm currently on a career break doing a funded phd with the university of bedfordshire and evaluating a child and maternal community-led service in luton bedfordshire Mm -hmm. Um, i started british seek nurses in 2016 which is a non-profit organization and a community organization um, just really looking at how we bridge the gap between the NHS and the Sikh and South Asian community in terms of health inequalities,
3: mm. such
2: so as type 2 diabetes, hypertension, organ donation, stem cell donation, um, mm-hmm. and various other projects that I've been involved with, which I will talk to talk about in this um, in this webinar with you. This, this evening mm-hmm. um so yeah um we've won a couple of awards as well in terms of it as well so that's been really good in terms of our work as well where uh we've won the lead i uh, won the leadership War college of nursing <laughs> Leadership award in 2021 mm-hmm. the London faith and belief awards in 2018 for community practice and was awarded the 15th 14th point of light award by the then Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson um, we're going to say a huge boo after that. <laughs> <We are laughs> <sure we are. laughs> An award <laughs> has to be said, but um, you know, I was happy when it gave that award to me as well. And, um, and and we hit a hat trick this year, uh, uh, where uh, finalists for the BBC Make a Difference Awards in terms of our Restart Our Heart campaign, which I'll we'll be talking about, mm-hmm. and also finalists for the Royal College of Nursing and Nursing Times
3: Awards.
0: Yeah, really excited to have you with us. I think is so interesting and important looking at kind of things with different perspectives, but also looking at a little bit at community community interventions. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about, about how you're working with different communities. Are you reaching out there?
3: Nafisa? Okay.
4: Yes, okay. So for for us obviously we we are a, an organization that sort of looks at uh maternity, sort of the experiences of South Asian women within the maternity sort of uh, field. And the way we've been working with the community is through awareness, um, bringing about awareness, um, sort of understanding what is lacking out there in the community. One of the first things that we did as an organisation was reach out to um, service users, to the to the women, and ask them to share their experiences of maternity services, and so that we could understand what was actually out there and what was going on. And we were inundated with um, um, experiences. Um, mm-hmm. There were some positive ones, but there was a lot of ones that were, and I don't like to use the word negative, but not what they should have experienced. And it was very apparent that a lot of women that were using the services, um, because of you know their sort of understanding or not, not non-understanding of maternity services, their expectations weren't met or they weren't being treated the same as their white counterparts. You know it was as though there was a two-tier system in existence Mm -hmm. you know they weren't being listened to and we know that our women aren't being listened to um for for whatever reason Mm
3: -hmm. and
4: it it was clearly apparent so one of the things that uh, we have been doing is sort of creating that awareness working with sending out messages um to women about you know what are the gaps, what, what do they feel their expectations should be and what are the gaps, what were their experience and what do they feel would, would would enable them to have a better experience. And on the other side of the coin, we also work with the workforce because obviously if you if when you have your um, diverse workforce, they are experiencing what we have found also is yep. they are experiencing exactly the same things that the community are experienced. So it's about working with the workforce and understanding what we can do to support them in order to make those changes in the in the community. So it's again about um coaching, about looking at the barriers that someone who looks like me face or have faced in their midwifery or nursing journey and what is it that we can do to support them because obviously it's about representation unless you have representation within that uh, workforce and especially in the senior position because unless you have uh, a position of power and authority you're not going to be able to influence change so we've been working with um, staff as well and the workforce to try and bring about change to bring about confidence to give them hope that yes it's hard it's challenging but there is a need to to try and you know um, infiltrate the system and 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 recognize that talent and
0: and nurture it mm-hmm. so that they can break that glass ceiling absolutely it's a hard thing to look at I think but it's so important yeah. if you don't squarely face things you can't change them no, no. Go ahead, do you want to add to that at all?
2: Yeah, I think I think really what we need to look at is also, in terms of what I look at, is um, we are pioneering in some respects. We're a faith-based nursing organisation. This yeah. is British Seek Nurses. Yeah. And it's a phenomenon in terms of the grassroots innovative nursing work that we do. And I think we really need to embrace innovation and um the, the defining you know grassroots nursing in nursing as well you know you know involving the proactive practice innovation inside and outside healthcare institution and addressing local health inequalities that's really important and i think that's one of the main things the drivers or one of the critical factors of like work with us in terms of british Sikh nursing in, st- in terms of facilitating the need to influence you know health behaviors in the south asian community in the uk gathering the right resources and disseminating the information to the community I think is essential. We did lots of work around COVID-19 in terms of myth-busting, we've worked with uh, various partnership organisations such as NHS Blood and Transplant, NHS organ donation, um, Anthony Nolan- for DKMS for stem cell donors, uh, Mary Curie. So it's really just about gathering that information, appropriately addressing those health concerns in the community, and especially the ones that the community fear. um And we never really look at that in terms of it. What are their fears, and what are their needs? We we have this perception in healthcare that we address needs and we address mm-hmm. inequalities, but we don't address the fears in terms of what they have as well. And I think, as uh, you know, as an example, I would say of um, a faith leader or etc you you know you've really got to take those risks in terms of communicating with your community and give them you know that insight and meaningful connectedness and build those community relationships that have already been established and I know that we have nursing in the community, but if we really look at the nursing in the community it's um. It's uh, an extension of um, the hospital. So you're still doing hospital based care, but you're doing it in a community environment. Yeah. And one of the things that I did with the nursing. Uh, nursing midwifery council when they were going through their Skiffen course which is yeah, the yeah. public health course was actually look at it and say to them when you're rebranding your course and when you're revalidating your course one of the areas that you really need to think about concentrating on is all those little snippets of grassroots grassroots organizations that are really doing the work um, and, you know, connecting with those organisations that are doing the work because they would have had a feel for, you know, what's going on within the community, what are their needs, and what are their fears, and we never really look at that, and I think that's one of the key things that British seek nurses have taken on. Mm. Or we, we got contacted by, you know, NHS Blood and Transplant to look at organ donation, managed to get some community funding, initiative funding for it as well, and we really... You know, brought home the conversation to for South Asian families to sit around a dinner table and talk about end of life because culturally they don't. South mm-hmm. Asian families don't. You know, they'll talk about marriage, they'll talk about who's rich, they'll gossip about God knows what. You know, and that's what happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But when you have that taboo conversation of death and what people's mm-hmm. wishes are and what the end of life of wishes are, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost shut down. It's, it's literally shut down and we're not going to talk about those things. So really, we brought that, you know, to, we brought that to the surface to really provide awareness and, yeah. you know, education within the Sikh and South Asian communities around those, you know, approaches and subjects that people don't tend to get involved with. Um, and I think that's that's one of the key fundamental principles of British Sikh nurses.
0: Yeah, you're both saying things that so many things jumping into my head to ask you about. Now I've got you here. <laughs> well, I guess one of the things that, that, you know, you're absolutely right about health being a human endeavour, isn't it? You know, it's about faith and love and emotions and all those really interesting things. And I think you were also right as, as of grassroots organisations that whilst you're working in the community, you have different pressures, I think, maybe than other types of community nursing who are doing it in a, a more aseptic kind of way in a strange way from what you're describing so I guess some of the things that come to me are the idea about you being a trusted voice and the responsibility that brings so the closeness you have to your populations almost raising the level of pressure on you to be perfect right doing the right thing all the time and also that really odd pernicious idea about hard to reach communities where people who are very far away talk about people who are equally far away from them without making any effort to contact them and describe them as hard to reach. I wonder mm-hmm. if either of you wanted to talk about sort of the idea of trusted voice or hard to reach. Um
4: this this sort of terminology hard to reach. I mean I think mm-hmm. that's just easy uh to say that, but actually it's that it, those people are actually easy to ignore and we are persist- persistently ignoring these people or these communities, you know, because We're not taking those steps to actually go out there because they're not hard to reach at all. You know, they're out there. It's about getting your feet on the ground and actually building that trust with your communities, um, 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 working with them and, and actually understanding what the dynamics are and what is it that they want. A community knows what they need what their needs are and it's about you know we talk about co-production we talk about uh collaboration but you know why would they co-produce with you if they don't trust you and and historically all the things that have been happening the data you know they are aware of these these facts they listen to the news they hear they hear stories from their you know for instance in maternity from fellow women using the services so you know you know, why should they trust us? So it's about engaging with them on that really, really ground level. And for us, that's that's what we believe that ASAM is doing is building that trust with the community. They see, you know, people that look like them and and reaching out and saying, look, you know, tell us what you want to hit, what, what you feel. Going to the community centres, going to those areas where women get together, because there's enough there. It's about finding those out. There are Plenty. Uh, and asking the right questions, the appropriate questions, not sort of scripted questions that usually, you know, people from the hospital, or people from the health service go in there and say, oh, I want to ask you this, X, Y, and Z. You know, why would you give people information? Because you, you are giving information all the time. But what is it that you're doing with it? You're asking a, the same thing, but yet there's no action. So hard to reach is, is, is a term that is very easy to use. And turn it around and say well they're not engaging but actually it's us who are ignoring
3: them
2: yeah Yeah, i mean for me hard to reach is um it's a terminology that i don't use because uh you 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 have to make yourself visible that's the most important bit and i think that's when people will reach you to make yourself visible and i think we have uh, especially when you seek nurses we have a you know we have an array of social media platforms that we can make ourselves visible with you know, we've got around, you know, near enough 6,000 followers on Twitter yeah. alone. And that's it. And that's how you reached me. And then yeah. I reached out to other people. And so I think it's, it's never, things are never hard to reach un- in- until you go out into the community and make yourself visible in the community. And like N- Nafisa said, um, you have to see it and be it. Um, and, and what I mean by that is you have to, <laughs> they have to see you as themselves. You know, you've got to wear the same color skin. You've got to wear, you've got to say, have the same similar nuances, have the same language that you're talking to them with as well. So when we go out to communities, we talk in Punjabi, we've got a team now, you know, for years I didn't have a team when I was doing this, but then I suddenly I've got a team. And, you know, you've got women on the team, you've got me myself as a male on the team. So you've got, and you're talking the same language in Punjabi to the congregation, the Sangat, Um, and they're listening to you and you know you've got your professional identity along with it as well so that's alongside it and you've got your own accountability as a nurse in terms of what you're providing and the health information that you're providing as well so that comes with some responsibility as well And over the time, you know, building over the last six years, building a reputation within your own community, especially within faith communities, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got to build that reputation. And Mm -hmm. once you've built it and you've been to, you know, a good one, you know, um, and people have seen you and they've talked to you or you've Mm -hmm. been on Sikh Sikh television or South Asian TV, Mm -hmm. get familiar with your face and get familiar with your uh, what your message is. Mm -hmm. You start to then begin to myth bust in terms of what they're thinking and what they're what their notions are about health
3: yeah. and what
2: their you know perceptions are about health as well. And we know in a, a world today you know anything you know everything on social media is an influence. So you know if you've got um it's a funny today a story you know that myself and Nafisa went to a conference today and then one person was told in their community that you've got type 2 diabetes but if you at 20 cloves of garlic, uh in in a day uh, your diabetes would disappear now these are the things that would be out on social oh, yeah. would be out on whatsapp messages and i get some you know I, I'll, I'll be honest i get some messages from my family a whatsapp group and you know my <laughs> mom would be saying you know have this have this have that the other you know mm-hmm. and you know if you've got you know if you've got type 2 B, type two diabetes you should be having but they're all this is the kind of myth busting that we do um and say yeah actually you know it's got to be controlled you know your type of diabetes has got to be controlled your hypertension has got to be controlled and -hmm. it's got to be controlled by a health professional as opposed to someone just saying something Mm -hmm. and you watching a TikTok video so these are the things that we keep we come across all the time and when you are a trusted voice they'll listen to you if Mm
1: -hmm. you're not
2: a trusted voice they're not going to listen to you sometimes Mm -hmm. I go into the temples and it'll be like oh British Sikh nurses are here fantastic they'll come that you know the Mm. conversation then will come to me and then say to me well i've got this element or this can you you know what can i do and you tell them and it's like okay you've told me that you're a trusted platform you're a trusted organization Mm. i can take that information away Mm. um and then i can use it you know in terms of it and i think that really builds it in terms of a trusted voice as well um and it's also if we really look at it it's not just a trusted voice within the south asian community it's a trusted voice within our own profession yeah. of profession trusting us in terms of what we do as well you know uh, you know you, you I could be a nurse and I could say all sorts of stuff you know but, but <laughs> those those words you know trust me I'm a nurse yeah. you know? <laughs> you're playing with fire when you say those words yeah. <laughs> and um you know they that so I kept you know you in terms of what we do we carry a lot of responsibility you know we carry the okay. nursing profession we're a trusted you know you know we're, we're, pro- we're one of the most trusted professions in the whole world you know alongside doctors nurses and midwives so, yeah we're one of the most trusted professions in the whole world and you know people will take what you say is gospel so you've got to really think about the information that you're disseminating is it okay. correct is it right and it going to benefit my community mm. and uh, take alleviate their fears and also provide them positivity for their needs
4: mm. can i just sort of on, on the back of that can i just say when you were saying about you know i suppose it's about it's like the old wives tells I suppose you can relate to you know all these uh myths that we are we hear and the thing is you know when I and I and uh, as Brohit said you know we are very much aware of some of the things that are said within our community mm. and when we hear them it's the reaction that we give because we understand them because we know we don't react in oh oh my god you know uh mm. x y and z mm. it's about understanding where that has come from because historically a lot of these um practices these traditional beliefs they have come there is a rationale behind it
3: mm. but yes
4: in the day of modern science in the day of you know, medicine and, and science. We need to sort of work with them to make them understand that okay, eating 20 cloves of garlic isn't going to take your diabetes away, but maybe you know having garlic might might help in yeah. in a certain way. But mm-hmm. alongside your medical and your your yeah. your 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 medication that you're taking, because that's mm-hmm. not harmful. Mm-hmm. But it's a and I think it's how you approach it and the way you approach it, and not just sort of saying oh. You know that's ridiculous, and and reacting mm-hmm. in a really sort of undermining way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have being South Asians when we go to our communities, we really do understand and know where they're coming from because our parents, our grandparents had those notions,
3: yep. and
4: and you know we 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 we've heard them, we hear them within our household, within our communities,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: and about trust. Yes, Rohit rightly says because we are professionals, nurses, midwives, medics. There is that level of trust and that level of responsibility that we have, and and people do come to us and sort of mm. question and listen to us. So yes, it's a lot of trust on us, but mm. but it's 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 it, it's one way of disseminating what should what what should be done and what should be done.
0: Mm. I think one of the other things that really stands up about both of your practice for me was the kind of innovation and the kind of entrepreneurial kind of approaches that you both take I wonder if you've um, anything to say about that because that's quite different to the kind of work that most of us do we are systemized quite a lot so you're doing something a little bit different there mm, um,
2: yeah I'll go
3: Um,
2: I think really you know if we if we really think about innovation and uh, entrepreneurship nurses do it every day in terms of what we do mm. so if we if we take it through our course in terms of what we do so for third year nurses at the very last uh, module they may do uh, will be a quality improvement project that they need to do and that's it and execute that quality improvement project um, from a academic perspective, not from a practical perspective. However, what we need to do is really pick it it up from a practical perspective and say, is this a good idea? Can it really be used? And that's it. And I think really thinking out, out a little bit out of the box is really, what entrepreneurship is, is as well um, mm. and, and that's what I've really taken in terms of it as well so thinking of those gaps we know those gaps exist mm. um, it's just about doing something about it and actually in terms of the entrepreneurship for British Sikh nurses we're doing simple things we one of the campaigns that we're doing is a um, restart a hot campaign with the yeah. resuscitation council mm-hmm. and so what we're doing is training bystander CPR CPR to the Sikh community so mm basic life support skills yeah. now that's similar to like uh, dyson's invention of a bagless hoover it's that simple you know we we've got the skills we're going out to the community and we're teaching the community those skills that's what we're doing and i think it's innate within all of us to, uh, nurses to do those small things that we can do um and the only difference is in terms of excelling that entrepreneurship or innovation is that we don't have time they don't have time you know may have families etc you know i'm lucky i've got a very supportive wife you know and she when we when we first started she i would literally just pull up on in a chair on a table with some leaflets about organ donation a blood pressure machine just do it just do that and that's yeah. exactly what we did so it was, it was an it, it was a no-brainer in terms of what i wanted to achieve and what i wanted to do mm. but when you think about that as innovative um it's innovative in terms of expansion mm-hmm. how you innovate in terms of expansion how you work with different partners how we lead with different partners how we're you know are growing in terms of what we're doing getting recognized by other industries especially the you know nhs we're getting recognized in terms of our work as well mm-hmm. um, and and that's what it is and then how to get paid from it that's probably in in, in entrepreneurial thing is how to get paid for it and you know we've gone through funding we we do apply for funding it's a non-profit organization but we're applying for funding for various streams um, within the nhs and outside of the nhs as well so really that's how it grows that's where the ideas really come into for innovation Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is how do we keep this how do we sustain how do i sustain what British Sikh nurses are going to, is doing for the next 10 years, how do yeah. we fund it, yeah. and etc. Because yeah. in in all honesty, in the first, I've been, we started in 2016 at seven years. In yeah. the first six years, um, it was funded by myself and my wife. And that's yeah. it. And, you know, it was a shoestring budget, but it was still, you know, our petrol going out to the, the Gurdwana's. Yeah sitting there camping doing what we're doing and that's it and doing the workshops and everything else as well so now that we've got a team you know it's slowly growing into something that's notable noticeable Mm -hmm. and people are thinking right you know can we invest is there something else we can do is there other areas that we can look at as well Mm -hmm. I'll hand it over to Nafisa She's yes. It's, no,
3: no, I'm not itching, I'm saying
4: <laughs> that um, with, with the Association of South Asian, I mean, this was an organisation that it just came out of a conversation that three midwives of South Asian heritage had. And when we were talking, we realised that, and there was 30 years of experience within the group, and we realised that what was happening 30 years ago is still happening now in the context of how women are being treated and how staff are being treated. And we just felt, the three of us, that, oh we you know we can't keep quiet anymore something has to change someone has to speak out and we just you know as was conceived and it was only going to be something small and this is two years ago and then we hmm. we sort of launched on social media we yeah. we reached out to the community to get you know their experiences and we realized from the the inundated sort of emails that we were getting that we need to go bigger
0: yeah.
4: and and again like rohit said we were three we paid for everything you know we were three full time midwives working you know the hours that we worked but this became a passion and mm. um, the more we heard the experiences the more it drove our passion and you know we were having meeting burning the midnight oil literally you know midnight we were having meetings we were doing stuff online
3: yeah. um
4: you know but printing out leaflets and whatever at our own cost you know on this mm. on this minimal budget and then, and we didn't know, you know, in, in all essence, it's a business, you know, we're running a business, but none of us have done that before. But through time, we, we sort of, you know, two years ahead now, we now have an accountant on board, we've got a CEO on board, and yes, we're growing. But we are still, you know, getting funding is hard, and luckily we've managed to secure funding to do the work we do. Um, one of the... Um, projects that we have been doing is with the Florence Nightingale Association where we um, uh, secured funding to support the internationally recruited midwives mm. because we obviously have um, international midwives coming in from abroad and it's to support them so we created a six-month program a buddying program to support them because you know these midwives these nurses are coming from overseas yeah. they have no idea how to navigate the system yes they are they have been prepared to come over mm. but it's not easy and it's to support them over that six months or more to be a buddy to sort to to, to to give them the tools mm. to navigate to orientate to understand what to expect if they have any problems where do they go where to signpost them um, what to
3: expect
2: yeah. yeah I mean adding to that as well you, you, with the entrepreneurship we've expanded as well into the international nurse arena as well and we have 70 nurses on our books now um, and we've got uh, a pool of volunteers also doing so we combine it both in terms of it so there's a volunteer aspect to it as well in terms of the workshops and community work that we do but it also is in terms of supporting international nurses but not just international nurses I want yeah. to say that we also support native South native. Asian nurses, yeah. nurses as yeah. well so yeah. it's it's just Um, you know what you know a couple of things that we've done is we've done faith groups in terms of we brought them together in Mm. terms of having a reflective nursing exercise through through the faith and as well doing it at the temple we've also we've also team we as partnership goes we're in partnership with Nafisa so (laughs) we, we did our first conference as a a British Seek Nurses and a a sound conference in January this year and so we had had, yeah and that was amazing we had probably we had around 70 people turn up we had you know uh, Ruth you know Dame Ruth May she gave she you know she gave a speech Andrea Sutcliffe from the NMC you know was there to talk and even if this was the first uh, you know in terms of pioneering and being entrepreneurial this was the first platform she no, no. you know spoke um, openly in a public platform after being elected as president of the royal college of nursing so we had some you know these are small snippets of in you
3: know <laughs> really important. that yeah. we are but
2: you know we we've shown the power of joining forces mm, we're going definitely. further now further mm. now to join forces now with the pakistani nurses association the arabic nurses association mm-hmm. and we're now in talks now to do a collaboration, yeah.
3: yeah
2: yeah with, with yeah. All, all of the you know so like south asian and kind of south asian heritage you know uh nurses and midwives and that's mm-hmm. just going to be phenomenal in the future and yeah. that's that's the power of innovation is working together in partnership. Mm-hmm grabbing those ideas and Mm. pulling people together and we say south asian you and 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 certainly for british nurses and for Assam, you don't have to be south asian to join us
3: yeah no,
2: at that point, I want to put that out, out as well that you don't have to be of South Asian origin to join us it, you just have to be a nurse or a midwife and just exactly. passionate for community work and that's it that's not a problem at all
4: and I'd like to echo that as well and if you're going to talk about conferences I mean Assam we we in our first year we decided that we were going to do a conference and you know there's so much negativity about um sort of black and brown. Um, um, health professionals you know we don't do anything so we decided to put forward a conference called it was a virtual conference called the dark dark lens conference basically and it was to celebrate black and brown brown excellence in perinatal health and we didn't know what you know we just thought let's do a conference not knowing how difficult it is or how big a task it was but we did it we collaborated with Mars Lord who is a birth activist and we put together a conference it was a two-day conference not just a one-day conference a virtual conference and we had amazing speakers and we did the second conference early this year and we are now going live in november so watch this space so we're doing um through the darkness conference live in birmingham and we're going to be looking at how to be a change agent and what 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 you can do in order to bring about change so it's going to be a very interactive conference so yeah. that is coming out in the November so it's just little things to yeah. put out there that we feel can make a difference and 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 improve you know um hair basically for me for us for Assam it's about ensuring that women within who are accessing um, maternity services all women Mm. have equitable care because it's about equity rather than equality. But it's also about understanding that some people just need that, that little lift up to get on that level that everyone else is on. So mm-hmm. what do we need to do to to enable that? So maybe it's about you know having services are that are nuanced rather than that one fit all. Yeah. So
0: yeah. yeah. So watch this space for November. <laughs> Will. And Vanessa, I wondered if it would come come to you if there's any questions through
1: yeah yeah um we've not got any questions yet people um engaging but we haven't got any questions but yeah I've just been listening to you and I think it's really interesting isn't it because I think the way you're talking as a white person um kind of reflects what what any of us would think that we kind of trust and want to talk to somebody who represents us whether that's our gender our class you know social class background education and etc but I guess our services have been built by white people haven't they and that's part of that's that's the crux of the problem isn't it that they've been built by white people therefore they've always represented the kind of white voice and I guess what you are doing is creating a space um, for people, as you say, who kind of recognise themselves, feel able, feel more validated, and more able to speak out. And I guess it's making me think about, you know, the work we do, I do in prisons. Um, you know, we allocate money within the budget to work with local charities, so that we, you know, it's um, you know, it's, it's a very small amount, but I guess it's a, you know, it, it's a start to kind of try and bring people in to to help support people who um you know people trust because it's certainly the experience you know within different communities in in prisons I would say as well as the wider health system and obviously you've got the other sort of intersectional issues in prisons around you know the fact that people are imprisoned and a lot of the shame and stigma in different cultural communities about being being in prison and um you know bringing shame to to families and you know all those issues as well so yeah just a a reflection it sounds you know amazing the work you're doing I think it's really good
0: I think statutory services need to know when to get out of the way and give money to someone else who
1: knows. yeah that's kind of of the crux of what I'm thinking really that you know that that's the solution isn't it really that you know we want you know services kind of want to hear from communities want people to be more engaged with the services that are offered by the nhs so why not kind of hand the money to people in those communities who can do that engagement work and bring bring back you know what needs to change and in a like real genuine kind of co-produced way which is you know the heart of what you're saying isn't it around co-production really yeah. mm-hmm. I
2: Sorry, adding to that as well, what I was thinking is if we think about the data, if we think about the data over the last few years, that so we had COVID-19, the report from COVID-19, the health via that data. But what you won't do is action it. Yep. And so what we've done is action it. And yeah. if, if the if the bigger if the bigger organisations like the NHS and etc. See that this grassroots work that is practically being done for free. Yeah. Yeah, um, And connectivity, in voice within those communities yeah. that are able to action those health inequality, that health inequality data that we have, yeah. and they can make an impact with that data yeah. and bring us an evaluation that's going to be positive. that community and really do something that's going to change the community as much as it can and I think that's what we need to do we've got to stop admiring the data we've got to action on the data and this is what myself and organizations like Nafisa and myself do
1: I think it's as well, it's not just about action and data, although I think that is a really important point, but it's also about understanding the data, because by looking at the data through a white lens, kind of, you're looking at it from a perspective that might not resonate with people, you know, in these communities that we're talking about, because um, I think that's what we tend to do as well, you know, we collect data, and then we think, oh, right, well, you know, this group of people aren't engaging, this is what we need to do. And that might be the completely wrong solution. Whereas what we are doing is going into communities and talking to people about why they're not engaging and what they want and what would help them, which is, you know, the way of doing it. It's advocacy, isn't it? In action as well, really. Yeah, sounds really good.
0: Lisa, were you going to say something then? I was going to just say... Something I could always like tell you your eyebrows go up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that, yes, obviously, looking
4: at all the data that we've had, especially the Embrace report, you know, where we had five yeah. times more. I mean, now it's Black women are four times more likely to die, where with South Asian uh, women, three times uh, more likely to die from childbirth. And I mean, those statistics in a modern, you know, country like the UK is. For me, it's just not acceptable. So. You know, we should be ashamed of those yes. statistics. You know, yes. you know, it's said that a woman uh, in Pakistan is probably less likely to die than she is in, in the UK. You know, how can we accept that? And the yeah. thing is we have to understand, I mean, the NHS is an amazing model. It it, it, it truly is, yeah. but it was built made by white made by white men or white people for white You know, the white population and 75 years on now, we are a very different population and our needs are different. But it's about acknowledging that, unfortunately, the NHS, there is structural and institutional racism which exists. And those are the reasons why women, um, uh, the, the patients. From the diverse uh, uh, communities are having that substandard care. It's about acknowledging that. And until leaders within the NHS acknowledge that, and until staff take accountability of these facts things aren't going to happen. So again, I'm going to go back to representation, um, that we need more people from our communities to be within that structure, to, to be allowed to implement the change. And again, as well, also organizations like us, you know, we're supporting the NHS gladly. And as Rohit said, we're doing it for free.
1: Mm. You know, they
4: should see us as a as a help. I mean, the NHS is, is just overburdened now, you know, they have to do everything. So mm. why not Take us on board as partners and help us do the work that you need to do. And you need to, you know, provide the services uh, for the community. Um, It's about acknowledging that. And I think unless it is acknowledged, you know, things are going to move very slowly. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, because I mean, the key for all our organisations is health promotion and health prevention. Yeah. And if you're going to target that, and and you want to target that, that's going to reduce the, you know, that's going to reduce the it, it, inpatient numbers, et cetera, and so forth. And it's going to, and it's going to be in, it's going to be tailored in a way that suits the community needs, and that's it, and alleviates their fears. And I keep saying that in terms of it, but it is that mm-hmm. in, in essence in itself as well
0: and that actually chimes with the question I've got come through I've got I've got two come through first of all I'll just put Dave's in because obviously he's doing all the hard work here at the back Mm -hmm. (laughs) first thing he says is entrepreneurial is really hard to spell which is true (laughs) but he also was asking for both of you guys um what sort of things helped when you first got started and what hindered and that's just in case anyone out there is thinking about you know they've got that impetus to change something or start something so what, what advice would you give to somebody starting out that way
4: um it's the passion it's wanting to make that difference yes it's hard it hasn't been easy because you won't you know you are driving that change if you set we set up an organization the three of us we didn't have any help from outside and it was like finding our way as we went along learning by our mistakes but it's the passion it's the drive to make that difference because someone has to do it you know enough is enough and barriers yes there are barriers i mean again you know we all work we do our day jobs and this is not a this is our other job because it becomes more than the day job and it's about striking that balance and about the day job sort of for the day job for us to allow to us to be allowed to do our other job and sometimes there's a clash even though what we're doing is about change within the health structure it's not often recognized and those are the barriers that we get to you know mm-hmm. I said today I went to a conference day I had to take a, a day's leave to go and attend the conference because yeah. you know it, it's not considered part of my job but yet the two they marry together don't they you know it's about bringing change um so those are the barriers and just um I don't know the red tape who to seek help for because there is no one out there mm-hmm. but but then once you I mean once we formed our organization the network that we've built is being amazing you know I often say if I had this network 20 years ago wow because there is a network out there and I've made the Mm. best of friends in the last two years Rohit knows you know I've met people like Rohit met people Mm. all sorts of people who Mm. are who are who believe in the same things as we believe in Mm. and And I would say the key to survival is find your tribe, find your tribe and find the key people that you can fall back on. You can get support from, you can have a rant with without feeling judged. Um, That is the key. Mm.
2: And I think adding to that as well, the first thing people are going to think is about um, resources and cost as well. So I'm going to echo much of what has mm-hmm. said. It's all about passion. It's all about getting engaged with the community as well. But it's about cost. And if we really think yeah. about cost and we talk, think about connectivity with other people and other peers, it's mm-hmm. free of charge. You know, you jump onto Twitter, you make an account free of charge, you jump onto Instagram, you jump to TikTok, make a few TikTok videos of CPR within the, the South Asian community or in a language that it can be understood. That's how simple it is. I mean, we met mm. we we were privileged today to meet Dr. Nagat Arif. Mm. He is a TikTok doctor. You know, that's mm. how she's she's come to be mm. famous on TV and et cetera, by doing these snippets of videos, yeah. by looking at an area of south she looked at south asian women's health and she then went with that and that's it and women's health in general as well Mm. done the same and it doesn't cost that much the only thing that will cost is when you get to start to do your workshops and you go out and do workshops and etc but then by the time that time that Time arrives you'd probably be established with lots yeah. of connections within the NHS to say yes we can offer you money for this or mm-hmm. we can offer you money for this uh, and can you do you want to do this you're helping target this mm-hmm. you know one of these areas of health in within the community why don't you do this and that's it mm-hmm. but that's what in in all essence that's what me and uh, all myself and Navisa organizations like need yeah. more of because we are bridging that gap between the NHS and those communities as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah time is whizzing um away from us um, and we've covered some real conversational ground again tonight which has been interesting exciting I think that's probably why um, I have noticed time going so fast I guess it would be really helpful if we could come around to each of you and see if there's anything that you would like to just leave the audience with any any sort of thoughts that you you think or any perhaps calls to action I think so we start with Raheem
2: Yeah I think the only thing that I want to say to every single nurse and midwife out there in terms of if you've done quality improvement projects if you've done anything that's made changes is put yourself up for an award do not be afraid to nominate yourself or your team for a Royal College of we have very few award ceremonies the Royal College of Nursing and uh, also you know the uh, Nursing Times Awards but in midwifery you know there's even less awards but if you've got an opportunity you've made a change put yourself up for those awards and get recognized for what you've done
0: you're absolutely right Mm. and don't be worried about putting yourself up for it because that's what everybody has to do
3: exactly
0: (laughs) and it feels it feels very counter the kind of way that nurses and midwives are trained to think about what they do well, it's not special it is special it is absolutely and the way people respond to you once you've won something as well very different I think yeah Mm it does really help if you're trying to make change it's a brilliant point
4: my turn I think the one thing I would say I I echo everything that Rohit said but I would say believe in yourself be the change and don't let anyone knock you down because I think you know for me you know I've had 20 years of always being made to feel not good enough but finally I, I compare it with being a with with me being in a cage with the door just a little bit ajar and every time i tried to step out of that cage i came back in because i didn't feel that i could flourish in that environment mm-hmm. but now i've been set free and i'm flying and i'm not going to let my feet touch the ground and it's about believing in yourself and being your authentic self
3: mm-hmm. you know
4: don't let any don't, don't 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 be what other people want you to be be you
0: Definitely. Definitely. Vanessa, is there anything you'd like to say before we finish up?
1: Yeah, I think I've captured a lot of what I was saying, but I suppose one thing that I'll say honestly is that, you know, we struggle on MHTV to get diversity in our guests. So if you're watching this you know don't feel that you can't be guests on here we want different voices we want to kind of reflect yeah. the different communities and different people who are listening yeah. so you know just like um, we've just said about awards you know get in touch with one of us if you've got something to say and you want to share it and you want a platform to have a conversation about mental health then get in touch with myself Nikki or Dave and we're always happy to have you on MHTV yeah.
0: Yeah. We like a good troublemaker. Look at our guests tonight.
1: <laughs>
0: so I think um, it just remains for us to thank our guests so much for their work and um, call on people with budgets to recognise that. I think that's the most important thing you can do if you're a budget holder. And um, If you're not a budget holder, most people, um, call some noise and draw attention to this. So we've been tweeting out, we've been um, sharing this work and it's, so exciting to see the nursing and midwifery family flourishing
1: yeah absolutely it really
0: does make all of yeah. us proud i think to see the work that you guys do without sounding patronizing yeah. about it but it's so exciting to see people doing and understanding what nursing and midwifery is about at a real fundamental level it's really exciting to you see can so can. thank you very much um mm. thank you very much everyone and we will wish you all a happy and um, safe good night good night all take care bye bye <laughs> I'm
3: sorry.